Five seconds in, we still haven't said anything. Episode 41, Tell Me Where to Turn, live from the porch of one Tommy, two underscore zero. Yeah, and despite the fact that it's mid-April, Santa Claus came tonight. Santa Blizzard Claus came tonight. And boy, did he deliver. He did. So I saw on Twitter that some MF said that the most amateur thing you could do in broadcasting is to eat while you're broadcasting. Oh, you're speaking of the ticket egg? The ticket egg, yeah. So how does how does Glenn take that advice? By showing up, there's three three guys in this podcast, and he brought four blizzards over here. <laughs> four blizzards and six tacos. Yeah, that's, how, that's, that's what he thinks of you, egg. <laughs> <laughs> so take that. And I will be consuming all of that throughout the podcast. No, you already you already have. Oh, we're two tacos deep already. And I, and I am too. I don't even know what I'm exactly eating. I think I've got the... Uh, do they have one with, like, Rolo in it? Uh, that's like the extreme Chaco brownie. I got... Th- thinking that you're... The lady that lives here for free would be here. I got the blackest thing I could find. <laughs> so thick. I appreciate it, Glenn. You're a, you're a hero for bringing blizzards today. All right, so let's get our formatics in order. I'm Tommy2.0. Twitter, Tommy2 underscore zero. Uh, you find me at Glenn three underscore eleven or wherever they sell tacos, <laughs> or at Blizzard dot com. Yeah, Blizzard dot org. Sorry, I had some black stuff in my mouth. <laughs> and uh, Point Break Dave on Twitter at Point Break underscore Dave. And you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. That is correct. Did you know that I went in and muted several people you were following on that account? <laughs> Not until this very moment. <laughs> yeah, so sorry those people, but if you're not on board with Trump, you should get off my timeline. <laughs> We're All not the people that are just constantly turning into turns three and four. You, <laughs> you muted them. Did you know that we dropped the biggest non-nuclear bomb in the history of organized war today? I did hear that. I like to imagine that it was just had like a big picture of John Cena on it. <laughs> just F the world, man. This is the proof that we're now living in idiocracy. I, the headline on CNN today was, Trump makes good on campaign promise to bomb the S out of them. Are you serious? It said that. Of course, they had like S no. and then you know three uh, asterisks. I have a, another uh, point that we're going into idiocracy. I saw that same headline. I didn't even click on it. <laughs> like, that's how desensitized I am now. It's like, U.S. drops largest bomb. I was like, nah. And you're just like, all right, so what's that box score looking like? <laughs> Starburst yeah, got was, 10Ks or what? Yeah, I, I saw something that said that uh, we dropped the mother of all bombs <laughs> on Afghanistan. And that's, I, that's actually what it's called. Yeah. The Mo, Moab, the mother of all bombs. <laughs> And I just scrolled down and clicked the Amy Schumer body shaping, body shaming article instead. Hey, if you need it, that's um, bug spray right there. I want, I want you to see what I got for the show. It's called. Fl- Whoa! Oh, yeah, we don't need that. God. Yeah, we don't. That's okay. <laughs> it's flying insect killer. Anything that flies, it'll take care of for you.
Uh, okay. Just don't spray anywhere near tacos or blizzards. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's difficult right now. Like, not spraying anything near a taco is good, like, uh, across the board. Dave, what, we were wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is on your arm, Dave? That is kinesio tape, sir. <laughs> what was that for? I may have. Did you join a cult? <laughs> is this part of, like, what, what's that therapy called uh, where, where they do to gay people to... <laughs> Is What's that, that called? Is that what that is? What kind of conversion? Yeah, therapy. conversion therapy. That's Are you like, going through that now? What is it? First Dallas, First Baptist Dallas therapy. Whoa, whoa. No, distance, distance. I uh, I uh, strained the old. Uh, it's actually where the bicep connects to the shoulder. Well, look who's got a bicep. <laughs> But uh, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. So what's the prognosis looking like on that? I mean, most likely amputation. But if not, we're we're thinking maybe. maybe but they they, did, they haven't invented like a, a knife that could cut through all that muscle yet. So you're having to wait. <laughs> they got to get the the Moac, the mother of all knives. You like what I see, what I did In there. The jaws of life. <laughs> As soon as they get yeah, as soon as they get uncutting Don Garlitz out of Swamp Rat Thirty Two, <laughs> they're gonna get your arm next. So nobody's told you like we might have to take the arm yet. No, okay. no, that hasn't happened again. Okay. He's just wait. Yeah, he's waiting to for that that nurse. Uh, yeah, hot pants. I need to nurse. be impatient for a couple days. So the last time we were all together, I think we were at Dave's house. I was going to opening day the next day. In that a suite. Correct. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, yes. Yeah. And in detail. Believe it or not, I came out of there with a good story, but it had nothing to do with the uh, <clears throat> S show that was happening down in the field. Yeah, I was going to say, that wasn't a great game to be at. It was a good game for like the first six innings. We had some home Odor hit a couple home runs. It's true. And, and then like I've always said, baseball games should only be six inning long. So This guy. I don't know. Although tonight, the, the way my DraftKings is going tonight, I think I would have taken you up on that. Just said, let's end it here. And we'll <laughs> let's be end good. all the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and cash in. Yes. 8.50 Central, all games canceled for the rest of the night. No, I, I, I want you guys uh, to hear this. I'm leaving the game. Uh, that That's a big tailgating day. I guess that makes sense, opening day. I didn't know. I've never been. But it was, um, it was elaborate tailgating, too. Like, people with... Big rolling generators and elaborate campsites, and there was there was like a a dance party going on. When I left. I didn't have a stripper pole. It wasn't it wasn't TMS. They didn't have a case of TMS. But but uh, other than that, it was going pretty well. So I'm I'm walking kind of back through, picking my way through the parking lot. I mean, there's debris everywhere. I mean, it looks like they just dropped the Moab uh, at the Six Flags it's parking like the lot. Fourth reference already. I'm just excited. My president's doing something. Well, what did it do? I mean, do it, did it just land on blue stuff? On, <laughs> it just landed on the giant rock that is the country of Afghanistan. I'm not, I'm not worried about details here. So instead of one big rock, there's now 50,000 little ones that people are living inside. And it's just setting the groundwork. He's going to build a hotel there. Get, get the... Get the go ahead and well, blow it off for the fairway, where the fairway is going to be for the 18th. I think that's what... Along the lines of what Grego said after 9-11, that we just need to go over to Iraq and all those countries and just level them and turn it into a parking lot. And he said, and I'll go over and paint the lines. So I'm walking through the parking lot, 
and there's you know there's trash beer cans everywhere and then right in the middle of the parking lot just staring me right in the face is a wallet Ooh, so first right. thing I, first thing i think is i'm just gonna let it go like i'm like i don't you know what guy will probably come back for it and then i start looking around there's no cars anywhere near it it's amidst a bunch of trash and there are some people in the parking lot that are not doing well like maurice may have been out there serving drinks <laughs> <laughs> like 10 feet from the wallet was a 10 ounce plastic cup full of tequila <laughs> no i mean i saw and i saw a body I saw girls being dragged by other girls out of there. I mean, passed out. Because the game... You guys remember, but the game was a 6 o'clock start. It's it was, a long day. Yeah, and people got there... Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the things Probably I found... Noon. Yeah, one of the things I found amusing is where we parked... The parking sign was... It was $50 to park, but it was only 30 if you got there after 5 o'clock. Because they were prepared for people to be there all day. So, yeah, I kind of stand over the wallet. I, I reach down and flip it open. The first thing I see is cash... So now I'm like, all right, I got to do something here because if I leave it there, somebody's going to rob the poor guy's wallet, and I'm I'm honest, uh, honest John here, you know. Plus, I got a podcast. I thought it'd make a good story. <laughs> That's a good point. I actually took it out of a guy's pocket. <laughs> no, so I, I I jump in my car, get my uh, cell phone light out, and start flicking through it, and and there's no ID in there, but everything else is there. So his cash is there, credit card, debit card. Uh, interestingly enough, Dave, you'll appreciate this. Windstar and Choctaw Players Club. Oh, well, I may know him. Yeah, yeah, actually. But the guy has the most generic name ever. He, his name wasn't John Smith, but it's pretty close. All right. So my first thought is, well, I'll just look on Facebook. Well, I Facebook the name. You got Adam Jones's wallet? <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing in the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> Selling tickets. I would explain why that magnum was kind of stuck in the pocket. <laughs> if I, was, I Facebooked the name and I hit, hit like 50 or 75 or 100 results immediately for this uh. name. So, so pretty much at that point, I'm thinking, well, that's that's a dead end. So then I then I get the my next idea is okay. Well, he's every every banking card he had was with Chase. So I thought, well, okay, I'll call the Chase number on the back of the card and see if I can talk my way in there. Well, first of all. I think that's a dead end to call well, the bank. I think, honestly, I think the Windstar may have been the best place to call. I should have probably done that, but I, I would thought, have just gone to the Windstar. <laughs> I got to go look for this guy. I'll be back like two, three in the morning. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, I, 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 a couple of thoughts ran through my head calling the bank because I thought, well, one is maybe he's already figured out that it's lost and he called to cancel the card so then we can make that connection. But then, of course, I call the 1 800 number and it's immediately like every prompt is, Enter your card number. And I'm like, well, I'm not entering the guy's card number because it's not my card. Like that, yeah. that gets into fraud. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you're not getting any damages out of it, so technically it's right. not fraud. But, but, then, I, but then I, I also I don't. Your, I don't want tried it, and then you know, then check balance, see how John Smith's doing in life. But that's what I was, Dave. That's what I was thinking because my paranoia is starting to set in. I'm like, well, what if this guy does like accuse me of stealing his wallet? And then the first thing I do is like call and enter his credit card to like see if it's still active. Like they're just the whole yeah. behavior pattern. So, anyways, I, I I just keep pushing zero, keep pushing zero. Finally, get a guy on the phone, and I said, "Look, this is gonna sound crazy, but I found this guy's wallet. It's with your bank." And and the guy, man, he was like, "Oh, well, you, I can't do you know, like there was nothing he could do." He's like, "Just take it in this night," and he said, "Well, take it to a Chase branch in the morning and just leave it there, and they they'll know what to do." You just like so, leave it in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> go back and put a post-it note on it <laughs> call him like i toss it in the bushes out from that branch like 
<laughs> so, anyways, I have a uh, I have a friend at work who will use the name Mister Highwater. That's what we're going to call him. Okay. Because um, he doesn't quite understand how long pants are supposed to be. But he's a nice guy, and he uh, he works in our digital department, and he can do Whoa. a lot of things online. Like That's he could generic. he could totally do anything online <laughs> digitally. Digitally. Okay. Like, if, if I needed to get on the dark web, Mr. Highwater could help me get on the dark web. So, anyway, I, I called him and I said, I didn't give him card numbers. And I said, look, found this guy's card. Ruin his life. Yeah. Can you find him? He might play center field for the Orioles. <laughs> there were too many guys on Facebook. About. He starts fif- with Ashley Madison. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, I get a text from Mrs. Mr. Highwater with a, an email address, and it said, this is his fiance's email address. You just email her and uh, what did let you her email her? <laughs> Any tasteful news? <laughs> so here's what Mr. Highwater did. He started scouring Facebook and oh, no. found a couple of people that kind of looked like they might be the guy. Well, how do you know what he looks like? Well, what he was looking for is people that had something in their profile about Rangers baseball. Found a guy whose profile picture was him at the ballpark. <laughs> it's, it's dated like yeah. April 3rd or whatever that was. No, it's, it's about that bad. So he, he, he still can't get into the guy's profile, but he's got another person tagged in the photo with him who has a very, who turns out is the guy. John guy's, Daniels. <laughs> turns out is the guy's fiance, but she has a very identifiable name. So he looks her up on Twitter and sure enough, She's tweeting from Globe Life Field earlier in the day at being at opening day. So now he's starting to go, okay, guy with that name. Well, we still don't have... fiance lost his wallet. <laughs> so then he Googles the fiance's name, and the first thing that pops is the <laughs> not. That's probably the second thing that was popping. <laughs> the not.com. Well, it turns out she's getting married to John Smith in 21 days, and she's written a whole profile on the not about how they met... Their love, shared love for Rangers baseball. And then she mentions where she works in the post, which is a, oddly enough, a church. Okay. Mr. Highwater goes to the website of the church. Turns out she's the youth minister there. Finds is this her guy name. the preacher <laughs> at this church? John no. Smith is not the preacher. So, turns out she's the youth, like assistant youth minister or something. Finds her email address, sends it to me. I send her an email, writes back within 10 minutes, like, Oh my gosh, we've been looking for two hours for the wallet. This is so great. Here's the guy's email address. Email him. Writes me right back. We arrange to meet the next morning or the next evening. Okay. Drive up to the arranged meeting point. We kind of do the cop thing. We pull in head to head, as it were. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you okay? You all right? I'm fine. Okay. I uh, Guy's super nice. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Takes a while, leaves. Uh, okay. My there was no question. offer of a cash reward. That was my first question. And I'm thinking to myself, how much cash was in there? Not a lot. 50 bucks. Still. That's enough to get it. Yeah. Like, even if there was no cash, I would do it just because he's saving you the hassle of canceling all your Oh, cards. yeah. I think yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, it was worth way more than 50, 21 days before your wedding where you're... You're probably assuming to be getting on a plane to go on a honeymoon where you're going to need credit cards, where you're going to need debit cards. Like, I, I saved this guy from getting his life ruined. And he was oh, really nice. Little, I could have ruined it. Exaggeration. 
I could have I could have gone to well, what were you gonna do? Could have gone to cakeToppers.com and <laughs> buy a bunch, a bunch of, of novelties. You buy a bunch of baseball encyclopedias. <laughs> well, I tell you what, did you see Amir Garrett's two and zero? I did. <laughs> that dude can man. pitch, man. So pretty good. So so yeah, but the guy was Episode the guy was one. nice, and I I felt like I did my good deed. Well, the the story ends up having a happy ending. You know, Whoa, you know what, what those are? <sighs> Familiar familiarity with the happy ending? Yes. A couple of days later, checking my email and uh, what he do you, pay, what he do you know? you some money. Little Amazon gift card from the from the couple. Aw. yeah. All right. So I uh, I bought some Callaway golf balls with the uh, reward money of twenty five dollars. <laughs> so you sh- you should have just thrown the card straight in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. if it was me when I was returning it, I probably would have joked like as you're handing it over like. Don't worry, I already took all the cash out of it, you know. Just to bring up the topic. Just to not make it awkward at all. Yeah, and then hopefully he would just go, well, you know what? Yeah, I appreciate it, you know. There's 40 bucks in here. Go ahead and just keep it for your trouble. Here's what she should have done just to confuse him is since you had all the, you know, the not.com and all that, (laughs) go to the wedding, drop off a present with the printed out gift card that he gave you. (laughs) So three days later, they're opening up. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't tell you this part, but uh, Mr. Mr. Highwater is a little creepy, because about twenty or thirty minutes after texting me the uh, address, he's texted back and was like, "Yeah, I've been looking at their wedding registry for like the last twenty minutes. They register for some weird stuff." Wow. It's like, okay, sir, just back off. Oh, and the other the other ironic part is they lived in Plano, which is where I live too. So it wasn't like you know some guy that from Cleburne or you know some. That is kind of. I mean, there's people from all over the Metroplex at opening day. That's convenient. Yeah, yeah. Guy, guy was, guy was. I told him where I wanted to meet, which is kind of close by my house. And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I drive right by there on my way home from work. No big deal." So let me, uh, unless there's more. No, that's that's. I just I feel like that you guys are not giving me enough credit for doing a good deed and then the extra mile that I instructed somebody else to go I to find say, this guy. you did nothing. You picked up a wallet, didn't steal it, which yeah. I guess you get credit Compelled for. Compelled somebody know. else that I work with to do all the work. Yeah. yeah I'm I, not, I, also, I didn't kill anybody today, <laughs> so you guys didn't say anything about that. No. Um, so, not exactly on that line, but this happened to me just this past weekend. Take the uh, taking the family out to a nice uh, nice Saturday lunch. Where were you taking them? Uh, that f- something fajita ranch place over off seventy five. Okay, pretty good. All right, pretty good. Sounds kind of made up, but okay. No fajita ranch. It's it's by like the Chewies and the Abuelos over there. Okay. Uh, yes, I yeah. know what you're talking All about. Right. Okay. So, and let me just preface this: Don't ask me what led to this because i don't know but we go park walk in with the wife and the kids like have my hand on the door of the restaurant and for some reason reach in my pocket i don't have my wallet okay like i have no idea why i don't have it but i don't ask the wife she never carries money why would she when she's married to a rich guy like you exactly so we i mean just turn around like Nope, kids can't eat. Get back in the car. Oh, yeah, they probably would have let you wash dishes or something. But that's what I was like. I mean, if don't you I, have Apple Pay on your phone? Yeah, I guess I could have done that. I didn't think about that. But yeah, see, there you go. Bells you out. Yeah, I was gonna say like I've never been in that situation. But if I had opened that door, 
Like, I want to check my pocket once we sit down. So what do you do? Has anyone ever been in that situation? Like, what's the out? I think that the out is you tell them you'll be right back to pay. And if you're smiling, you're nice enough. And maybe, you know, leave your ID or something there. You know, I guess you'll have that. Yeah. No, I don't have anything. Why leave my phone there? Um, and, and maybe you could leave like a shoe. <laughs> I don't know. Or one of your kids. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> you definitely wouldn't go back. So your wife is with you. She doesn't have any money. She also she, has no ID or anything. She never, she never carries anything. Maybe your wife could have tried to work something out with the manager, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'll never happen with me. I think just because I was raised like not to go anywhere if you don't have your keys to your home and or vehicle and your wallet with you like i don't have it on me but it's in my truck well, that's what i was thinking i've never not i've never been somewhere and not had it so i'm not sure what was going on that day but yeah then i like was really driving home i was just thinking like what if we go in there order a bunch of drinks and food and we're like yeah hey i got no way to, way to pay you i have a feeling they would work with you because what else are they gonna do yeah i mean they can't do anything yeah until you walk out on the meal it's not any type of crime so as long as you're sitting there yeah fine so you're just like it's a for lack of a better term a mexican standoff at that point (laughs) the heater ranch (laughs) if you will i think uh if we're gonna be talking about thugs and stealing stuff why not uh head on down into the west West. How many more times do we have to do this? I think, and don't quote me on this, this may be the second to last ever Friday Night Lights Talk segment because I've only got four episodes to go and I am done, done. Like all four people that listen to this and and the Ticket Egg are standing up and applauding. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Dave's just... Finally realizing that he could check back into the the show, but all right, tell tell us where you are. Yeah. So the, I'm gonna go over to the driving range and hit a few balls. <laughs> the West Dillon Panthers. How's, how's Epic and the guy in the wheelchair doing? Okay, well that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is somebody has rolled back into our lives. <laughs> Glenn wasn't joking. He's now uh, hitting golf balls into uh, into the backyard. Oh, <laughs> a solid number two. I think that was a number seven. Yeah, I just so the Dillon Panthers are six and zero. Oh. They just hold beat, on. Is this East or West? Sorry, East Dillon. They just beat. They're origi- the Panthers too. Did I say the Panthers? Yes, the Lions. They're the Lions. I could East Dillon Lions. I just remember they have red. They uniforms, do. Yeah, and they just beat the blue. They just beat Blue Dillon, the Panthers, in the rivalry game. Blue Dillon's kind of in a down year. All their seniors graduated, so they got they got smoked. But they're starting to emerge. A problem is that that uh, East Dillon is starting to play thug football. They're Uh-oh. the most they're the most penalized team in the league, and the uh, narrative from the uh, local media media is that Coach Taylor's lost control of the team, and somebody just leaked the fact that most all of the starting lineup has criminal records. Okay. All right. And. Coach uh, Taylor's starting to get under a lot of fire because of, uh, oh, the team's not obeying him. Like, in the game against Dylan, 
they were up by 35 and he called for a, a kneel with 10 seconds left where they threw a Hail Mary for another touchdown. Man. <laughs> That's thug ball, man. And then afterwards, they went and shake hands with Dylan. They told him to get off their field, go home. So about this time, when he's starting to kind of question where everything's going, who comes rolling back into Dylan? Sports agent to the stars, Jason Street. And you know what he says? He says, Coach, I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> no? I thought they were going to end on a bang. He said, put me in. Still got a year of eligibility left. He said, uh, "He said I get a call about you every day from a Division One school that's looking for a head coach in Florida. Why, why are they calling him and not the coach? <laughs> yeah, is Jason Street his agent? No, he is not his agent. That doesn't make any sense. But I think he wants to be his agent. He probably wants to be anybody's agent. Well, he's no, just he, he, sitting up there, literally <laughs> in his office. He threw in that he had gotten a promotion, so things are going pretty well for him. Wow. There was kind of awkward scene though when he was trying to wheel around in the football field. He's and washing <laughs> lettuce now. Then <laughs> fries, man. Hey, we'll get there. Um, but but uh, the the last episode I watched actually ended with Coach Taylor getting a phone call from a Florida program, um, pretty much offering him the uh, the head job, as they say. And uh, he's thinking about it. So okay. I feel like that could be a nice uh, exit ramp after uh, the end of the season. The uh, the other point of uh, controversy is Vince, Vince's dad. Now, Vince is the great Michael B. Jordan. Yes. And his dad has gotten out of jail and is really becoming a central figure in this because Vince is being recruited pretty heavily by all the D1 schools. And the dad is doing like the opposite of anything you should ever do when being recruited. He's accepting every gift. He's taking every meeting. He's taking every perk. He's bringing everybody, every recruiter that wants to come out to a game to the game. It's unbelievable. He's got like a whole room full of new shoes for Vince, just just doing everything wrong. So I, I feel like I feel like there's going to be a recruiting violation that's going to wreck Vince's scene. This whole thug thing's going to play out, and Coach Taylor's just going to say peace and go to the uh, SEC East. I think four episodes left. Four episodes and left, and, and they're undefeated. And I, I bet they win state, then the wheels shoot off. Oh, and uh, Tim Riggins still in jail. Has not been a factor this season. Still doing time for his brother, huh? Still taking the year for the brother. Quite a sacrifice he made. But that's where we are on Friday Night Lights. Wow. So, surely the next time we talk about this, you'll have it done. Yeah, four episodes. We're not going to do like one episode over the next four podcast episodes, are we? I was thinking we might just do the last four just episode by episode. I decline respectfully. <laughs> You're going to check? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good for my uh, bet right there. Or my DraftKings. Another Mets run by Travis Darno, who I'm playing uh, catcher for me today. Well, congratulations on all your success. Yeah. <laughs> you smell terrific. Oh, boy. So, where else are we headed? I think Dave's got childhood tales to yeah. share with us. Do you want another. Uh is this wallet related? No, this was... Uh, is it fajita related? This was... Everything traces back to fajitas with this guy. This was uh, still from my childhood, but post getting offered up to a stranger for a can of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, I was probably 
14. Yeah, it's probably 14. So, like most families, my family has the uh, the wheels off uncle that comes around. Sure. And uh, he had uh, my parents were out of town, and he had come down because uh, his mother, my grandmother, uh, lived at our house, and old uh, old uncle was in need of some money, so he came down as, to, as uncles frequently are. As uncles frequently are. Uh, so he came down and uh, bro- brokered a deal to uh, to get a get a check from from my grandma. So it was about we're getting close to five o'clock when the bank closes, and uh, my grandma doesn't drive. He clearly doesn't have a car. <laughs> Things are not going well. Things are not so exactly working out how he planned. His uh he. You know, gets the check, and then he comes in. My brother was 15 and who had a learner's permit to drive with an adult. And he's like, hey. What could go possibly go wrong yeah, here? I need, I need you to drive me to the bank right now before it closes <laughs> so I can cash this check. So I hop in. I'm just along for the ride. Right. So we, uh, we get to the bank, and uh, yeah. There's no one around. Oh, no. So we pull up, and he hops out of the car, and he goes up, and he kind of pulls on the door, and it's locked. And I'm pretty sure in jest, turn around, kicks the door, spider webs, alarms going off. He comes sprinting back. It's like, go, go, go. (laughs) Jumps in the car. We take off. And yeah, we you know we're just panicked. Get home, of course. He's like, "Don't tell, don't tell your parents, don't tell anyone." So he leaves. Me and my brother, who are just you know young kids, we're looking at each other like, uh, you know, what do, what do we do about yeah. this? So we decide we're not going to tell anyone. And it was like hey, snitches get stitches. That's right. It was like. It was like being on the run, like just every minute of the day, because like, I guess it was the next day, actually was driving by that bank, it was our neighborhood bank with my mom, and there's just like a plywood, piece of plywood over the door, and she's like, oh, I wonder what happened here. There's detective box out there. (laughs) And she like said it, and of course I'm in the back like, does she know? Did they like call? Did they get the license plate? Is this... She's playing playing you right now? Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, it was, you know, a while ago, so we'd be at the grocery store, Blockbuster or something, there'd be a cop, like, walking by, and you start sweating for no reason. But, yeah, we, uh, I mean, eventually we told them, like, years later, me and my brother, but, yeah, yeah that was <laughs> the biggest panic I ever had when he kicked the door, and it just, the glass just spiderwebbed, and, like, the alarm was real loud, <laughs> and it was going off. I guess there were no cameras or anything outside. There may have been. I mean, I guess. But nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever came of it. Never. There's never a strongly worded letter. No. A visit from a insurance company or anything like that. Well, you didn't kick it. I mean, you're just a an accomplice. Yeah, That's, I was. <laughs> I think it's pretty minor offense when it comes yeah, to kicking a door. But when you're 14, yeah, you don't know. No, it was I a agree. bank. But I do remember, like when you're when you're speeding away from a bank. That's not a good sign. It was a few days later 
that we were going to that bank with my my mom and she asked my brother she's like what do you want to drive because he had a truck and uh you know he's trying to get his hours to get his license and we kind of look at each other like no let's let's take your car like we're gonna pull up yeah. and they're gonna instantly yeah. realize they've got the, the each teller's got the little picture at their yeah. station like if you see this truck your mom gets out they just tackle it <laughs> yeah. it's just full SWAT yeah. team <laughs> like she was on a united flight or something oh, oh man topical we, yeah we've had the uh, hey <laughs> look at that did you see did you see the uh backstory on that guy yeah, but, I mean, that's not his fault, you know, in comparison to the event that just happened. It yeah, just they're not related. Be, oh, yeah. so you're on his side in this thing? Uh, oh, I think this man. is one of those things that oh. everyone is a little bit in the wrong. No, no, no. You're fully on United's side? You're going to have to You're gonna have to be joining the list of people I'm, I'm uh, muting on our feed, man. No, I'm, I'm not... If you're, if you're on an airplane... And you abide by the terms and conditions of being on that airplane, and they ask you to get off the airplane, you get off the airplane. End of story. Anything that happens after that's on you. You don't. You don't just sit there and say, I'll, "I ain't getting off the plane." I may not be quite as as that sided as as uh, Tommy, but I will say, what is that guy? What's his long term yeah, game plan? That's more where I'm at. Like I don't really have right because nev- once you refuse an order on a plane, they're never flying the plane. Yeah, like yeah. no matter what, even if they get somebody else to volunteer to leave, you ain't going. Yeah, I don't have an issue with him kind of pushing back. Like I, you know, no, I can't. I, either I'm not going to, or I can't. And you know, the guy, I don't know. Doctors on occasion might have sizable egos. I feel like he. Played, I would say there's something else in play there more than being a doctor. That I, I, tends to yield itself to stubbornness. Yeah, I feel like he definitely played the I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a doctor. You know, do you know who I am type of thing. You know, I'm I'm too important to get off of this plane. But I don't have a problem with him resisting, but at some point yes. resisting arrest or just resisting No, the, just resisting yeah, the I'm fine hey, with that. Like you've if you been go, selected, you need to yeah. exit the plane. But but yeah, I mean, getting to the point of just just going limp like a four year old yeah. and saying "kill me," <laughs> yeah. Like, but no, it's like it's like Dave said. What you what is your end game? Because at some point, yeah, you can say no. I'm really I really have to get back. I can't go. But at at the point where you realize that they're not gonna accept you know an excuse, then yeah, you, you can't win at that point because even even if you. Even if you chain yourself to your seat, they're never taking the plane's never going anywhere. Yeah, because they also can't just say, "Oh, okay, well, you don't want to," unless they have a volunteer to take his place. Right. If he which just I, says, "I don't want to," they're like, which, "Oh, okay." If I'd have been on the plane, I'd have been like, "Hey, fifteen grand, I'm off the plane." It, well, I, that's probably the best idea. But but if he says no, and then they go, "Oh, okay, well, just ask this person." They just they can just say no. Yeah. Now no's an option. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, somebody had yeah. had to do it, but. That's the best idea. Is would have been. Like, I think they were offering like eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, eight hundred voucher. I think you could have. You could have upped the. Uh, and you could have been the like. I don't know about pretty nice fifteen there. grand. But <laughs> I'll tell you this though. Maybe a couple thousand. If uh, if you're in the the row across the aisle from the doctor, and that starts getting escalated, you'd be like, listen, United, you're about to get in a real bad PR nightmare. Yeah. 
Now let's talk. Let's talk three grand, maybe, and yeah. I'll just get off. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> As it were. And also get... Well, apparently, apparently, the, yeah, the doctor didn't mind doing that a little bit as well earlier in his, uh, in his career. Traded meds for stuff. Yes. I heard that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, and, you know, did you know that he had a gambling history? Uh, yeah, he's a professional poker player. Yeah, right? he, had, he has over 200 grand in lifetime uh, earnings as a poker player. There you go. Hey, wow. you, you do want to hear some insider knowledge, though? All the uh, reports and news stories are saying, well, they go through and they randomly select, like, from the computer. That is that is not exactly the case. <laughs> Let's put it this way. There's an algorithm they use that looks on what you paid for the ticket. Okay. And if you're a member of, like, the airline rewards program. And it excludes those people. Uh, yeah. They ain't pulling people out of first class, no. I'll tell you that. And I've been in a, not an exact situation. I didn't get on the plane, but I was in Florida one time. A storm came through in a plane that, that I was going to be on, couldn't get there. So they had one more plane going out, and they had the people who had the ticket for that plane, and then that's who else they pulled was like the platinum member and you know this, that, and the other. And we had a group of five people. One of the guys was one of the platinum, whatever members, and uh, he was going to get on, and we were going to be stuck. The rest, the four of us. But then he tells them he's like, uh, "We wanted to get all of us on the plane." They're like, "Yeah, we not going to be able to do that." But he told them, "Well, my buddy drove me to the airport. If I get to the airport, I can't get home." So he got one of my buddies got to go on the plane with him because he had taken him to the airport. The three of the rest of us were stuck there. <laughs> And we got the voucher, which wasn't $800. It was like 500 And they were going to put us up in a hotel and whatever. But uh, instead, we just rented a car and drove back all, through the night. From all the Florida? Way back. Yeah. That's from, a long from drive. Destin, Destin to Dallas. Wow. But $500 voucher, and they reimbursed us the rental car costs. We actually stopped at like a... Motel Six to sleep for like four hours. You should have. You should have stayed somewhere nicer if they're paying for it. Yeah. Reimbursed for that. Reimbursed for food, for the, the monster energy drinks, <laughs> like everything. We just kept all of our receipts. So that's not a bad little deal. No, after the fact, I was like, that's actually kind of worth it. Like the next two round trips, I had somewhere were free. That's yeah, pretty good. Well, I sent. I didn't send it to you. I sent Dave the story, but there was a lady that I guess last weekend because you know they they had all that weather. I guess about a weekend ago, and it jacked the flights up. And up she, in the northeast, yeah, yeah. And she purportedly, I mean, she was a she was a journalist for a magazine. Purportedly, made eleven thousand dollars on cancellation fees because she didn't have to go where she was going, but she kept going back to the airport with her kids, and then taking the buyout. And over the course of three days, had racked up eleven thousand dollars in cash just for just for showing up at the airport and not taking her flight. Ugh. So I feel like that's. Uh, it's a pretty solid little work in the system. Solid little business model there. It's eleven thousand in in vouchers, so like cash equivalent. No, no, no it's give you cash. actual cash. Yeah. Actual cash. No, there's actually if you want to look it up sometime, there's a airline passenger bill of rights, as weird as that sounds. And there's set amounts. Like if they can get you on a flight that leaves within two hours of the flight you're supposed to be on, um, it's up to like four hundred dollars. And this is Basically, if they have to do what they did to the doctor, if they have to involuntarily bump you from the flight. Right. But because there's like set prices and then the next tier is like 800, if you kind of know the tiers, 
you can negotiate with them because they always come on and they're like, oh, you know, we'll get you on a flight in four hours and we'll offer you 200 bucks and you can go up and be like, man, if you have to, you know, bump someone that doesn't want it, you're going to have to pay them 800. So let's, yeah. let's get close to uh, 800. Yeah. Here. yeah. Be like the, do the, uh, like, okay, let's stop, uh, stop messing around here and let's get down to the bill of rights. Exactly. So back to the beginning of that scenario, if I'm on a plane traveling back home, and they come on there and they say, if it's just me, and they say, sir, you've been selected to leave this plane, you're getting $800 voucher, a free hotel, you'll just fly out in the morning. I mean, unless I... You're have, not going to start saying, kill me? No. I mean, unless I've got to get back to get to meet you in Plano to get my wallet and I'm getting <laughs> married like the next day. I, I mean, it, it's I'm not going to be happy about it, Yeah, but I'm probably going to well, be like, but well... But that's, that's the thing. When you go to an airport, things might happen you're not happy about, but you deal with it. You don't... Yeah. You don't get yourself in that situation. That's the thing. Just sometimes you just got to be an adult and just be like, hey, this sucks, but... I'm not going to grab the first class curtain and start screaming. Yeah. And I haven't, to be honest, I haven't watched the actual video. You should video watch it. It's pretty funny. Because my in, in, intuition, whatever, is that uh, security or police or airport security, whatever it was. Careful here. Didn't really handle that optimally either. No, no. But dragging him out. And how did, it, how did he get all bloody? Did he? Did he... Like Edward Norton in Fight Club himself, or did somebody hit him? I think he was just like grabbing everything, and they were just pulling. But him. hey, put yourself in their shoes. If if you have to get the guy off the plane and he's sitting in his seat refusing to move, you got to move him. You can't, what are you gonna do? Just be like, okay, we're gonna stand here all day. You got to get him off the plane. What are you gonna do? You grab him and take him off the plane. Uh, I think that first method I would try it initially. I would try the Moab on him. Is what I do <laughs> because. <laughs> Well, I think it's what they did. They they dropped the people's Moab on them. <laughs> but I think one thing you would try in that scenario is like, all right, well, we'll just stay here until until you're ready to leave the plane because all these other people on the plane are going to get pretty uh, antsy after 5, 10, 20 minutes. And eventually you're going to be like, hey, Chin Ming Wang, get off the, get off the plane. Former Yankees great? Yeah. That's what they really should have done is just done like a, to use your phrase earlier, a Mexican standoff with the entire plane. Just like, well, no one's going anywhere until someone volunteers. So, but but you also, you have to, it's like the real cheap, like middle school thing. Like, well, if nobody fesses up to the crime, then yeah. uh, we're just going to stay here. That's what they do, you know, with. You're on teams in like middle school and high school, and something like that happens. It's like you know whoever did whatever, nobody confesses to it. We'll just all run. Yeah, I mean it's the same tactic, but they also in all those situations now you also have to put up with somebody's got their phone out and they're probably filming you or oh, live yeah. streaming it on something, and everyone's got to get outraged about oh, everything. That's the rage machine. Oh yes, the outrage machine. What a wonderful world. So. Uh, my end take on is I stand firmly in the middle on neither <laughs> side, and nobody can be mad at me. You're you're stretching across both sides of the aisle as they drag him underneath your legs, <laughs> just straddling it chair to chair. My philosophy: no one's right and no one's wrong. There you go. All right. Well, would you guys like a live sports update? Sure. Let's have it. This is heartbreaking. Oh, oh no. no. So. I've got a DraftKings lineup that's doing outrageously good. So I'm in a contest right now um, 
that there are let me uh, let me give you a quick live action up uh, contest update here. There are um, let's see here. It won't tell me. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess there. Okay, there's thirty nine thousand seventy three people in this contest. So thirty nine thousand people. I'm in fifteenth place out of thirty nine thousand. Wow. 000. wow. I had Christian Yelich on first base, D. Gordon on what second was he base. Doing? <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> Check do that you, video out. Do you, and, do you get points yeah. for that? No. And Justin Bohr, not to be confused with Jason Bourne, at the plate, all three of them on my roster. If he gets any kind of a hit, I'm probably scoring one or two runs, which would have moved me from 15th place into the top three. He struck out. Of course he did. But Man. there's where we – here, Glenn, what does that say right now? How much am I winning right now for my $3 entry fee? That is 300 300 bucks, and I'm literally two-tenths of a point from winning 350 Wow. Wow. So that and, is a live sports update. And let's is. go Madison Bumgarner, baby. So should we, should we close this thing out with my all-time favorite Tommy story? Yeah, I think that'd be. That's kind of that's kind of sweet that you have an all-time favorite Tommy well, story. Well, as as we've covered, Tommy and I have known each other a long time, and we've been through a lot together. Even through all the drag racing and backyard wrestling days, my favorite Tommy story actually occurred not too long ago, maybe just a few years ago. It was actually, you know, you know when it was, is it was, um, it was right after the Rangers game six. Because it was the week after Game Six, so it would have been 2011. Okay. After the failed Vegas trip. Yeah, that's okay. that was kind of part of the reason why the events <laughs> took place the way they did is because of that trip was kind of the thing that started the downward spiral in Tommy's life. <laughs> All right, so Tommy, you can jump in and and fill in any facts I may omit. Co- correct any fake news that's about to come out of your mouth. Yes, and I I. Glenn, you may have heard pieces of this story, but we can definitely get your input or thoughts as we go along. Okay. A friend of ours that went on the baseball trip uh, gets about as much of a kick out of this story as Dave does. Yeah, I believe he actually had a hit us. He had a Austin box. Fake Austin box. Okay. He actually had us a small role in this story. He does. So, uh, Tommy, uh, was it a recruiter or how'd you get? Get. I'd gone on a business trip. Okay. And I'd met somebody there. All right. Yes. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> it was a she. So go ahead. Tommy. No, I had okay. made made one of those very loose business contacts of like a it, hey if you're ever in New York, yeah. <laughs> like Jason Street. Man, oh, that's yeah. a that was good. Yeah. No, I I think we just exchanged business cards only. Okay. Nothing else more unseemly. Okay, so this is probably five years ago? It's 2011, so... Yeah, five, six years ago. Six years ago. All right, so uh, from that meeting, Tommy kind of gets an in for a very high position at this other company. But to be clear, I didn't realize that it was that high of a position. Well, we'll get there. Okay. So uh, Tommy does... (sighs) Was it two? I think a two f- 
phone interview. Did a Skype. Did a Skype interview. Yeah. For so sure. Tommy does a does a phone interview, and here's the thing about Tommy. Tommy, here's the thing. I think Tommy Tommy's obviously been very successful in his career. He's not real good on the phone. No, no. <laughs> Tommy actually, just knowing him and knowing when he's interviewed for jobs, Tommy must interview really well because he's more or less batting a thousand when he when he. Have interviews. you listened to this podcast? Despite how he sounds on this podcast, he must interview well. Uh, so Tommy does the first interview. Things go very, very well. Um, he gets on to a Skype interview, and this is like kind of near the end of the process. They're kind of they're they're. This all happened really fast, yeah. though. This was not drug out. This was a, over a com- very compressed time frame. But they're starting to kind of narrow down their candidates and get to who they like. So Tommy does this uh, Skype video, video Skype interview, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, at the end of that, they kind of tell you, like, hey, from this round of interviews, we're narrowing it down to the two we really like, and then they're going to come in, meet the CEO, and then that's going to be it. Essentially. I think it was, yeah, it was, we're going to bring you in. Well, then they call back, like, later that same day and they're like hey we've all talked about it and you're our guy like we're not even bringing in the other guy like we're bringing tommy 2.0 in you're mixing a little bit of the details up go ahead but they they told me at at that that they were going to bring in the two finalists and that there was going to be a few days and they would let me know if they wanted to bring me in they call me back within three hours of the skype interview and we're like we're bringing you in The, the the part you're saying now actually happens a little bit later okay about halfway through the next the next Okay. So are you still unaware of how high of a position this is? Yeah, the job had a real vague title. And I was at the time, so that was six years ago. I was I was in a very mid-level, very modestly compensated position at the time. So now, and tagging along with that, since Tommy at the time wasn't, he was kind of mid-level, he wasn't having to dress up in super business clothes every day right so tommy gets this in-person final interview with the ceo and he calls point break dave and's like hey i don't have a suit to wear to this interview i didn't have anything i didn't have a i didn't have any kind of coat i didn't have a jacket i think all i had was like a dress shirt so I get my w- one suit that I own out, and I run it over to Tommy, and I say, here you go, bud. Good luck. And and just to get the timeline straight, you drop that suit off in a dry cleaner bag. I, I put it in my closet, and then the next day left to go to Vegas for four days during Rangers uh, Cardinals, and the interview was the day I got back from Vegas. That That makes a little more sense, but still, Glenn... Let's say you don't own a suit. You have an interview. Someone you borrow a suit from someone. Don't maybe you try it on. Maybe before the interview, you might try on the suit. <laughs> it was in a dry cleaner bag. I knew it was clean. So Tommy waits oh, to man. like he. It's a thirty-minute drive. It's thirty-five minutes before the interview, <laughs> and Tommy goes, peels the plastic off the dry cleaner bag, and hey, I'm gonna put this suit on. Okay, and now here's where I have to indict Point Break Dave. Okay, Point Break Dave has eyes. 
He can look at himself and look at me and know what size we are, right? You have the same eyes. Well, not the same <laughs> eyes, but you also have eyes. Right. But he he's he 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 brings his suit over to me in a dry cleaner bag and he never tells me that he hasn't worn the suit in 7 or that, 8 years. That is false. Here's what the true story is. I wore that suit not long before that. The true story was this was about the time that Tommy 2.0 had his first kid and he'd put on some sympathy weight. Oh no. <laughs> And it was not a fault of mine at all, but uh, he packed on the, the LBs. <laughs> that Was that in the Budweiser every night era? That was in the Bud Heavy day yeah. era, yeah. I, I wasn't was. bringing blizzards over back then. No, so Tommy 2.0 tries to put on the pants, and it was not even close. Oh, no. And it wasn't like... It wasn't like I could zip it up and leave the top button undone, or fake get, it. Just get the belt, and it, it wasn't happening to the point of like I couldn't get the pants. Like I, if I was worried, if I zipped it up more than halfway, the zipper was going to break bad. Like it wasn't even close. So now, wow, Tommy has no time to do anything because yeah. he's an idiot and has waited to the yeah. last minute. Right. So I could have got the coat on. But the other pair of pants that I have don't match the coat at all. I mean, it's not even close. So what'd you do? So I have, a, I have a choice to make. Well, one, I've been in Vegas throwing up for the last four days, and I still couldn't button the pants, which is a little interesting. That's so, concerning. Is what <laughs> so it is. my choices are I can call the company and play the, hey, look, I've been really sick, I can't make it card, which wasn't really a, that much of a lie. I had been really sick. That made it is the like, best move. It is like right before, though. Like, yeah, that's true. You would have done that oh, the yeah. day before. And I, know that the and I know because of the way she set it up, of we're bringing in the two finalist candidates, they're going to talk to the CEO, like that probably is not a good move because they're probably just going to hire the guy that shows up. So my other my other option is I wear Fair. the I wear the coat the tie and mismatched pants, or just carry the coat and act like it's part of the suit and just don't ever put it on, or you go with option C, which is what I did. Is I said, you know what, I'm effing Tommy 2.0. You wore jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wear jeans. Here's no. what I did: put on the pants, just put on a dress shirt, rolled the sleeves up, no tie, no coat. And I went in there and it went in my, in like I'm in a clone commercial. <laughs> wow. I, went in, I went in there like I was Steve Jobs and said, F everyone. I'm Tommy 2.0. Let's do this. All right. So Tommy, Tommy gets back from, from said interview. Well, okay. Well, let me, can I tell you a little bit? Yeah, there, there's one detail. I, I initially met with a lady I Skyped with. Yeah. Went great. She introduced me to her boss and another person that would have been on the team that I was going to manage. I'd never managed people before. We were fist bumping, high fiving, making jokes. She comes back around and she says, "Hey, just hang out. The CEO is gonna be here soon." Then the other guy that I talked to comes back in. This is where Dave got the line that he uh, prematurely delivered. <laughs> Not something he usually does. This guy comes in and goes, "Hey, man, we've all talked to the other guy. You got this. Like it's done deal. Like we're all picking you. Everybody likes you." And the CEO is really just going to come in and shake my hand. Like, there's not, okay. this is not like, he's not going to grill me. We're good. <clears throat> this right. dude comes in in the nicest suit I've oh. ever seen. Monogrammed. <laughs> you've got rolled up sleeves, flip flops, and two, <laughs> yeah. two things of pictures of margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> Sits down, asks me one question, and leaves. And at the time, because they kind of had, they had prepped me about how busy he was or whatever, I didn't even really think it was that weird. Yeah. It well, didn't seem that out of place to me. He like he didn't say like he didn't sit down and be like you're an idiot. He sat down and just said so you know something something okay 
and left. And that was it. Like that. So to me, it was like the team wanted me. The, the person that was going to be my boss wanted me. The CEO came in, said hi to me, and I'm done. So Tommy comes back. But I, I still don't know that it's as prestigious of a job. Yeah. yeah. So Tommy comes back. He's talking to me, tells me about, you know, I couldn't get the suit. We kind of laugh about it. But like, you know, Tommy said, he's getting glowing reviews from all the people he talks to. So, I mean... I'm talking to him on the phone, and he, like, I can hear the corona, and he's just, like, crushed it. Like, that's the mood he's in. He he nailed this interview. So, a few days later, he gets the call, and it's like, hey. It was news. the lady that I skipped yeah, with. We, we went a different direction. Sorry. Oh, no. So, that same day, me... Tommy and the fake Austin Box are driving to our softball game, and Tommy's giving us the sad story about, I can't believe, I don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. I thought I had that in the bag. So me and the fake Austin are are joking around. We're just kicking them in the nuts. We're like, man, you know, and we're giving them stuff like, oh, you know, I bet, I bet that, I bet, oh, wow. Man, up to six now, Tommy. Wow. Real sports update. So we're just, you know, kicking them in the nuts like, man, I bet the comp on that position, I bet there was this bonus structure, and we're just, you know, making them really feel bad about it. And Tommy's like, man, you know, honestly, like, the more I've thought about it and read some stuff, like, I really think it was a big deal job. And I Oh, think, yeah, I met with the CEO yeah. of a huge – I mean, this is a publicly traded – this is not a – like, this is a company that's based in yeah. Dallas, but they, they're all – they're – like across the United States, this is this is a huge company. So as and I met with their CEO. As Tommy's <laughs> kind of having a moment of clarity afterwards, he's really thinking he he messed up. Like this oh, I shat the bed. So the fake Austin Box works in compensation analyst as a compensation analyst. So we're goofing around, and he's like, he can do market research. He, no, he's like, you know what? He's like, I can call. Because it's a big company. I can he, call a compensation analyst. He knows somebody there. Yeah. yeah he had to work with somebody there. And figure out what this would have been. So he goes back the next day and he calls this guy. And he has some... Because the company he works for is a completely different industry. But he's kind of making some vague like, Hey, I saw you guys had this position. Yeah. And I was just kind of wondering in some research I'm doing. And the guy... <laughs> Dead serious. He's like, listen, man, just be straight with me. Are you friends with the guy that didn't wear the suit? Are you serious? <laughs> he said that verbatim. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, man, he's like, we've been talking about that. That job was his. Oh, like, my everyone's goodness. talking about that. That guy's a legend around here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he just rolled in with rolled up sleeves and no suit. <laughs> And that's it, the reason you didn't no, get the, it. No, the other three people were going to hire me because they didn't care. But it, the CEO was so offended that his quote was, I don't think that guy was taking this seriously and wouldn't sign off on me because they wanted to give me the job. And he, after talking to me for 90 seconds, seeing what I was wearing, just said, absolutely not. And I don't even know if they hired the other guy or if they right, started right. interviewing again. But he said, I will not hire that guy. Did we find out the dollar figure? Yeah, we did. It was. I don't remember the dollar no, figure. So I remember this vaguely. It was. It was fifty thousand dollars more than I was making at the time a year. <laughs> plus, and that's that's base salary, and plus there was a pretty legit um, bonus structure involved. So I. So it's probably like seventy thousand in total compensation. <laughs> yeah, I was making ten, so it was sixty k a year. 
No, it was it would have been a fifty thousand dollar raise, and like Dave said, my wife had given birth about five months earlier. Didn't want to go back to work. Had gone back to work because we couldn't afford for her not to work. And do you think the fake Austin Box just kept this between the three of us, or do you think he texted her the next day and said? Yeah, so that that job that uh, Tommy just blew off, you know what that paid and told her. I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm not either. Yeah, I still haven't gotten back with that guy. But hey, you know what? In the week leading up, you could have tried on the suit. Yeah, that is true. Wow. Yeah, but I am a legend around that company. Never, never, uh, will never live down that moment. Strike out for Bumgarner. Do you want a uh, quick email? Yeah, Yeah, we got about... Maybe a couple minutes left in the show, yeah. so let's let's shut her down with an email. One email uh, from Gustav that actually kind of goes back to what we discussed uh, last week in reference to left-handed lovers oh, and boy. backyard wrestling. Okay. All right. So he says, there are plenty of left-handed women in the 903. We need girls PE coaches, too, out here on the frontier. <laughs> Gustav, that's at real Gustav on Twitter. Yes. His opinions are his own. Yes. Uh, back in the 80s, some older guys we knew also had a backyard wrestling group that they would film on VHS. I can't remember any specifics except one genius bit. The character's name was Communist Death. <laughs> now, Communist Death's only identifying characteristic was a black hood with eye holes cut out. But what made it genius was... <laughs> Different people played Communist Death each week. So one time... Like it, Doink the Clown. Yeah. It might be a tall, skinny, pale guy. The next week it was a chubby, hairy guy. And the next it would be a black guy. And his last request is that... Uh, he says we need to see Tommy and Point Break Dave's best of compilation. We could probably make that happen. We could probably make that happen. I believe, actually, that it is on YouTube now, uh, as a matter of fact. So we maybe we can... We can get that out for the show. I think you could do that. Yeah, we could do that. Or, hey, maybe we could uh, just go right out there right now. Uh, I've got a blizzard in me. I'm feeling pretty... Yeah, there's there's <laughs> feeling a pretty plastic frisky. slide and a driving range out there. There's not a... No mat, no ring. All right. Well, hey, episode 41, guys. Pretty we strong. It. We did it again. <laughs> and uh, How did we not title I this be... the Dirk episode? I don't know. Well, we still can. We haven't released it yet. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry, gentlemen. The uh, episode title has already been written down. Oh, okay. Glenn said it at about 40 minutes into the show. The People's Moab. (laughs) 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 You're welcome, America. As long as I got my suit and tie, I'm going to leave it all on the floor tonight. And it got fixed up to the nines. Let me show you a proof that I'm not.